Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Flying V Anaheim Ducks podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, Southern California's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in Southern California and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? So yeah, it's episode 21. Kent and I are here on remote for this uh, episode. The Ducks have really um, turned things around the last week. Looks like things are are starting to trend in the right direction, I think. But uh, before we get started with that, Kent, how are you doing? Hey, Anthony, doing well. Thanks, man. Yeah, we're both uh, both battling some uh, <laughs> some children uh, sleep disruption here. Uh, it sounds like uh, you've been up a couple nights, and, uh, and yeah, our our youngest has uh, been battling some some coughing in the night too. So, we've, uh, but yeah, we're uh, <laughs> we're both gonna battle and stay awake here and. and per- <laughs> through this absolutely absolutely yeah definitely sorry to hear that i hope i hope they're feeling better i know it's i mean being a new dad on my part it's uh it's really amazing how long it takes a child to kick a cold but yeah ours is <laughs> ours is still having a couple coughing fits so um 3 30 a.m wake up for me last night and then for yesterday morning and this morning i guess and then 5 30 a.m as well so uh uh dad definitely had a couple extra cups i had my uh cup of uh huskins coffee that i brought home early this afternoon um so yeah let's get into it the ducks have uh seemingly i think turned a corner and even if they haven't they've i think they won uh maybe gone six two and two or four two and two in their last uh Last few games, they beat Ottawa, lost in overtime to Montreal and Toronto, and beat Buffalo uh, for a pretty successful road trip, I would say. And if you count the Kings victory they had, uh, that was technically a way. That's, a, a, that's definitely a good road trip. I think there's some signs of uh, improvement and confidence from the rookies. I also think the goaltending has improved. So uh, definitely a, a, a good two or a good week for the for the Ducks. How, what was your uh, what was your opinion first of all for for the just the road trip in general and then getting into Ottawa? Yeah, I think. Uh... Like, I think the level of play has been there over time, like over the course of this year for the majority. I think they've, they've played well and just been on the wrong end of, uh, you know, just a couple of couple of lapses here and there or a couple of, I don't know, you want to call it bounces or just kind of, uh, I don't know, just, just being on the wrong end of a lot of uh, – three two games so to see them kind of flip the script and, and get a couple of shootouts and uh and yeah have some success on the road at least playing well throughout regulation and not necessarily uh getting rewarded for that uh in the first 60 minutes but uh getting that extra point in, in bonus time to shoot out those are always uh two points is two points the way things are structured so um but yeah i, I think the their level of play has been consistent, and now um, you're finally starting to see a little bit of some dividends, and, and those can kind of 
start to get some confidence rolling. And uh, so, yeah, it's nice to see them, their hard work and, uh, and just the effort that's been put forth consistently through this year get, uh, get some reward from that. So it's been good. Yeah, uh, specifically against Ottawa, uh, they it's a team they should have beat. They were, I mean, in the in the overall NHL standings, the Ducks are are I want to say five or six points above the Senators, uh, and I, I really think once you start winning those those games that you're probably favored to win, that's that's the first of all. I know the NHL is a good league, but um, that's your kind of your first step to, I mean getting enough points, compiling enough points to, to compete and for a playoff spot, it seems obvious, but uh, I think it's been inconsistent for the Ducks this season. I, I like Gibson's performance against the Senators. It was a, a 30 save performance. He, he looks like he's finally starting to get back into it. And then the contributions from the young players, Sam Steele, uh, I believe he had a nice assist uh, in that game. And then um, Jones as well, Max Jones with, uh, with uh, getting in on the action. So, I think overall a good performance looking all the way back to that Ottawa game. Montreal, uh, I thought specifically was um, pretty interesting to me. I think the the first thing we spoke about kind of players scouting goalies and stuff like that. Did you notice that the power play goal that Nick Suzuki scored uh, and then the Batherson goal for Ottawa, both on the power play, both come from that kind of top of the circle, but they're not one-timers. They're kind of like uh, very quick, hard wrist shots. Uh, but I, I thought it was interesting that they were so similar looking. Um, what What were your impressions for the Montreal game? Yeah, I thought that uh, the Batherson that that was a nice play, a nice uh, a nice kind of delay and drag, and he, he snapped that one pretty pretty nicely there. Um, and it looked like that went far side. I didn't catch where the Suzuki goal. Uh, just a, a quick release and and just getting those shots uh you can even get a, a little zip on them from uh from up there with traffic you never know uh what can happen so yeah i think it's a great point about the ottawa game i think when like so often and why, why it's so hard to to gain any ground in the standings um in addition to the, the fact of the three-point game uh which we could have have my dad on i know he listens <laughs> to this uh, i have my dad on talking about the three-point game in the nhl but uh um and yeah just the, the parody that that creates and it, it's hard you have to go on a, a lengthy run and string like 10 wins together to, to get anywhere in the standings but um yeah that's always kind of the the tough thing is, is it's easier to get up for the the teams ahead of you, and you know you have to to bring your absolute bats, and everyone's ultra focused. And then the next night you have a team, uh, you're playing a team like in Ottawa or some someone like that, where guys at this point of the season are, are trying to play for contracts for next year or trying to. Uh, impress the coach to set the table for themselves or other people in the organization to put themselves on the map to, uh, from a depth perspective and kind of uh, embed themselves in the plan moving forward. So, um, and, and from what I hear, it's been a, a tough year in Ottawa, but it looks like they've, uh, I believe the, the coach DJ Smith, it sounds like uh, they're kind of, starting to lay a pretty nice foundation there as far as kind of a compete and a workman 
uh, like attitude and bringing that work ethic that always kind of, uh, once you can kind of get that cemented in and get everyone um, to buy into that, which uh, it's not easy, especially when you're not, uh, when the winds aren't coming and, and the games don't really mean much, uh, have any implications for playoffs or in the standings, but um, it sounds like they're kind of on the right track there, um, and with with some some good some good young players like uh, like Brady Brady Kachuk like you mentioned and uh, a couple others I know two players having uh, kind of a a renaissance of, of his career always a good player that was kind of um, passed around through a few organizations and seems like he's found a a nice, uh, a nice home there in Ottawa. So a team to watch, but a team that you have below, below the decks in the stands, and then you'd, uh, you'd hope you could find a way to, to match your work ethic and exceed it. And, and yeah, I thought they played well that game. And Montreal, I thought they played really well. I thought they could have easily won that uh, in, in regulation as well. And Price made a couple of uh, five-star saves late to get that into overtime. And then... Um, Petrie had a nice, nice rush up the ice and kind of a, a perfect shot to win it, but could have easily been, a, been another win from the Ducks, kind of um, just in, in a series of, of one goal games, the last four games. But uh, yeah, I thought they played well in Montreal again, could have easily won that one. So uh, night in, night out, we're, we're starting to see some, some better consistency and, and uh, yeah, things are, things are progressing nicely, I think. Yeah, especially against a desperate team like the Canadians. I mean, this is really kind of their last chance to stay in the playoff race. They're uh, looking like eight points out of it. So um, it's uh, a loss in that game would have been pretty devastating for their for – their, I mean, they already probably don't have great chances to make the playoffs, but uh, definitely a desperate team in that one. Derek Grant, things are still going well for him. Kind of the controlled chaos uh, in front of the net for his 12th goal of the season where the puck just kind of bounces to him and he just slides it right in. So uh, everything's going great for Derek Grant, which is great to see. Uh, I've now seen his name mentioned in a couple of potential trade rumors or uh, discussions, one by Eric Stevens of The Athletic. Um, it's unfortunate if he is if he is going to be traded because I mean he's found really a home in Anaheim. We've mentioned that a few times, but uh, continuing, I think he tied his career high with his twelfth goal um, in Montreal. So that was good to see. And then the uh, the game winner for Jeff Petrie. I, I, I wanted to ask you this: uh, you having been a long time NHL defenseman, defending two on ones has always driven me completely insane. I mean the 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 strategy, at least at the lower levels or even up into high school, is the defenseman takes the the passing option and leaves the puck here to the goalie, which, I mean, it just I just <laughs> I never understood that. I, I know you don't want the goalie to have to go side to side and you, you want to have the goalie cut down the angle if he can early enough and, and really focus on one shooter. But giving a guy basically a, a free kind of semi-breakaway, I, I never understood that. What are, what are your opinions on just kind of, of defending that? And and is it different? Do NHL coaches kind of give you a little more leeway depending on the type of player you are to, to defend two-on-ones differently? Yeah, I mean, there's a few, um, definitely a few schools of thought on it, even at the NHL le- level. I mean, I played for, uh, let's see how many teams, five teams. And 
Um, yeah, I definitely, it, it, there's no kind of clear cut across the board philosophy. I mean, I, so it always, it always brought me back to, uh, to my philosophy was always, um, that, yeah, there should never be, uh, a pass across. That's kind of non-negotiable. Um, there should absolutely never be a pass across and, um, and basically any kind of aside from that, you're trying to, uh, limit the quality of the, of the scoring chance for the guy who has the puck. While basically my philosophy was to guarantee that that, that pass can never get across. And then I think in the minors, you can get away with, um, like almost kind of baiting the pass a little bit and, and kind of leaving your stick in a position where you're almost um, kind of tricking the, the forward into trying to make that pass. Cause uh, I know that um, probably from a forward's point of view, um, you have to know the player tendencies too, but the, the majority of players want to pass and everyone wants to tap in goal. So uh Tapping goals a lot looks a lot uh, better than uh, trying to beat a, a goal even in the AHL kind of one-on-one. Goalies are so good without traffic. Um, it's hard to beat them with a, a shot, even if it is one-on-one. So I, in the minors, you could get away with trying to debate the pass and kind of make them look like uh, – make them feel like that pass was there and just wait for them to pass across and then put your stick in the lane and deflect it. Uh, but that's uh, in the NHL guys are too good and uh, like stuff like that doesn't doesn't tend to work so well. So um, yeah, I, I think NHL it was always um, yeah. I mean I I understand your point, but just from the kind of fundamental aspect, what always worked for me, what I was always you kind of ask for feedback from the goalie too, what they want. And my highest percentage and highest level of success two on one was to take away the pass. And basically, I mean, within reason, I think is the catch. Like you can't obviously just, if the guy goes and stands on the boards, you can't just uh, stand beside him and give the guy a breakaway. But um, within reason, uh, make sure that pass can't get across and leave leave the goalie to have the shot. That was uh, after trying everything. I mean, I had some teams that were preaching to the defensemen that, like, you had to slide. I, the slide always drove me nuts. I never liked the slide. I Maybe I was just no good at it, but I feel like I'd be sliding into the corner and then the guys would be on, like, a two-on-oh in front of the net. Like, I don't know if I just, I don't know, not a fan of the slide or, or lying down or anything like that. But what always worked best for me was just the, the standard good positioning, try and stay in the middle and take away the pass and uh, let, the, let the forward have the shot. Or if he's coming down on his, on his, uh, on his off wing, um, try in some way, kind of manipulate him. Um, and trap him so he got the puck on his backhand and then try and make him make a play on the backhand. Yeah, so that's that, smart. That, those were my uh, 
what worked for me over my career, but definitely uh, there's no kind of right or wrong answer. I don't think it's just kind of generally whatever works best for you. But uh, back in your in your career, how would you play a two on one? Oh, I was I I wasn't a def- I was actually only a defenseman my final year when I was nineteen in boarding school, and I was just so in over my head that it was like if there was a two on one, I was I was just selling out pretty much everywhere. But watching the games, <laughs> watching the game, I mean, it was like a yard sale sometimes. But wa- watching the games, um, I like the slide. I mean, I the slide looks good if it works out. I know I, I've seen Charlie McAvoy do it pretty well, but there's always that risk too that you slide into a goalie. Like you're, it's you're paying attention to kind of three things at once: the puck carrier and the guy that you're trying to defend the pass, and kind of positionally where you are. You don't want to slide back into the goalie, and and even worse than that, maybe slide back into the goalie and have someone kind of toe drag around you as you're just sliding away. I think you mentioned that, like that is just the worst i've seen that happen a couple times and where it's just like oh how debilitating is that oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's just it's just it's just horrible you know you're just kind of fading away off into the into the <laughs> corner uh, yeah just, i think it's all about timing it's the same thing like i was never coached to slide maybe if you learn the slide as a kid and you kind of develop those instincts and the but yeah, I just felt you just make yourself so vulnerable to, and, and guys are so good that, uh, I don't know. I didn't like it, but it works for some guys. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately the Ducks, uh, give up that early overtime goal on that two on one. Uh, but then the next night they go and play in Toronto, which is, uh, it was an interesting game. They, they went down three times, came back three separate times, once from two goals back that game specifically, I think is the one where they might've been able to mail it in a, a, a maybe a lesser team or a, a lesser, uh, mentally tough team might've mailed it in, but they, they came back three separate occasions in Toronto once from two goals down, you could see how fired up they were after Derek Grant scored that tying goal um, with the goalie pulled just in the last dying seconds of the game. Once again, Derek Grant gets another huge goal. Uh, But what were your impressions on that game specifically? You could tell the passion was there on the second game of a back-to-back. It it was pretty impressive, I thought, even in an overtime loss. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to see. I think you you love that, uh, seeing that that spirit and that compete level, even if, I mean, like, like we've mentioned, the, you know, not really in the, in the hunt right now for any kind of playoff spot. So the game, as far as standings for implication, but I mean, you're still an athlete, you're still a competitor. You still like should be playing with that fire every night. And it's, it's, uh, it's great to see. And I, I think what we've come to expect from this, this group i mean they've done it all year there's i mean there's no quit and i think that um starts with the the leadership and the the pride and the professionalism and the uh the elite ath- athletes um you know they have and like a you know like ryan gets up like kind of leading the way and just uh like I say, an elite level athlete, an elite level competitor, and that that doesn't uh, where you are in the standings that that should not affect that. That's kind of uh, you should like Jim Morris said, you should play to win the game, right? Like you just what was that? Uh, no, that was the other guy. Oh, uh, it was um, Erickson. Was that Dennis Erickson? <laughs> you play. I think. It was I think... Herm- 
bad words from you played or what? You know, I think you're right. Uh, uh, there's all those. There's famous one. There's a play. Yeah, it's Herm Edwards, and then there's the the playoffs. That's that's uh, I think more and and then there. <laughs> uh, and then who was the other? The last one. Oh, Dennis Erickson. I think was the guy. We are who they are. Who we thought they were, and just loses his mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got our quote straight. So that's Herm Edwards. But yeah, you play to win the game. So that I mean that's. And then I think the coaching staff is, has done uh, done a great job of kind of keeping that uh, the philosophy intact, no matter where they're on the standings or who they're playing against. So you can see the passion is there, and and uh, they're they're playing for keeps, they're playing to win, uh, no matter what. So um, yeah, when they they tie it up late, and that's great to see. And I thought that that was a fun game to watch, and against uh, obviously a talented team and um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of back and forth and, and ups and downs. And um, that's what that was a, uh, a pretty good setup, like on the, the power play on the winning goal. Those are, that's a pretty good uh, four on three unit you're, you're up against. So um, oh, yeah. they made, they made some pretty nice uh, tic-tac-toe, nice play. Plus, Play by Marner. I didn't see one you have to see in slow motion to see how good it actually was when just kind of thread it to through about two sets of legs right on the tape for a tap in. Um, but yeah, I mean, entertaining game and yeah, just another good showing by the Ducks. I thought for sure. I thought the the overtime goal Marner is turning out to be, I mean, obviously, I don't think anybody questioned such a good investment for the Leafs. Both of his passes on their, on their two of their goals, I think he made great passes on three of the Leafs' five goals, and that overtime one was unbelievable, right? Just under the stick of the defender, right right to John Tavares. And Tavares basically just had to tap it in. I mean, that was such a good pass. I don't mean to, to kind of fawn over an opposing player, but Marner is just so good. It's, it's unbelievable just seeing the way he plays. Yeah. And playing under the weight of that. I mean, the, the contract holdout and like getting like holding out for absolute maximum money. And, and just like, you, you kind of leave yourself open. And if you're not, uh producing at least as well as as you have in the past but the expectation is that it's going to get better and so to to kind of meet that standard and to be playing up to it this year I mean uh all uh you know high marks to him for that for sure it definitely doesn't hurt to have guys like Matthews and Tavares and Nylander and Kapanen out with you as well to pass it to and so they can finish. I mean, that's certainly part of it, but his, his just all around game has, has been so impressive. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask you about in the Leafs game was the, uh, the Derek Grant delay of game penalty. Did you get a chance to see that? No, I missed that one. So Derek Grant takes uh, a pass. He's, he's, uh, the Ducks are killing a, a Leaf power play. This is with four minutes left in the first period. And Derek Grant just from the basically the tops of the circle in his defensive zone, just seven irons one 
all the way down the ice and over the end boards in the leaf zone for delay of game game penalty, which I thought, I mean, it's a bloop. It's a kind of a blooper play. Derek Grant's been having such a great season that it's not like it's, it's going to stand out as any sort of mark against him. But have you ever seen anything like that? I mean, this, this puck cleared the glass by a significant amount and it was launched from no more than 20 feet in front of his own goal line. I, well, I mean, that's impressive. That's like, uh, that's, uh, that's strength. I definitely it wouldn't be the first time um, I've seen that. And uh, I freaking hate that rule. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand it, but just I always hated that rule, especially when you're the guy just flipping one out, it gets caught in the curve or just kind of bad ice and jumps up on you and knuckles over the glass, especially when you're already killing to go down five on three. Man, I've uh, yeah, I've got sympathy for that uh, for that play. I mean, I I, I hate the rules, but oh no, what was the thought behind that? Anyways, like I think I it's, it's I think it's to discourage your just to uh, yeah to get yourself out of trouble and to get an easy whistle. So maybe that was. And safety, too. Yeah, I think with, uh, I remember, man, it must have been going on almost 20 years ago now or 17 years ago when the girl in Columbus was hit by, uh, I forget who who shot that puck, but, um, I mean, that was just a deflected shot. But I think it's mainly to, to keep play, or to keep teams from uh, buying a whistle when they're hemmed in their own zone. If, if they can't, obviously, they can't ice it to get out of it. So they try to lift the puck over the boards and, and increase offense by giving the other team a man advantage. So I see that I see definitely the necessity for the rule. I can definitely also understand you as a defenseman in your career being in situations where you might want to flip the puck around the boards or something like that and just having having it go wrong. So um, I think defensemen specifically are uh, – maybe singled out by that rule or, or not targeted, but uh, disproportionately affected by, by that delay of game rule. Well said, well said, I agree. Before we continue, I'd like to bring you some breaking news. This PSA, the pubic service announcement, is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped has a brand new trimmer, best on the market, third generation lawnmower 3.0, Manscaping trimmer is now available for purchase. It has features such as ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. I know there's definitely been uh, some some close calls when I've been uh, I don't know working on my stuff down there. So uh, with the lawnmower 3.0, you're not going to have that. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code believe at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code believe. That's B L E A V. And as always, your balls will thank you. And then uh, moving on to Buffalo once. Again, another, I think, statement game for the Ducks, as, as big of a statement as you can make at this point of the season and their position in the standings. But uh, they win uh, third game in four nights in Buffalo. They go out to a 3 nothing lead and, and have to hang on, but they end up hanging on and, and winning. And I know Buffalo, uh, reading the Buffalo Sabres Twitter, they were not thrilled uh, with the line combinations, basically with everything that's going on in Buffalo uh, I don't know if you've heard about uh, the, the fan rant that, that uh, went out on the radio and the team tried to uh, basically suppress it, and that just ended up making it worse. 
So a little bit more salt in the uh, in the Sabers wound, and and uh, we've also got Ryan Miller playing starting. I think it was a second game in a row, or second in three nights, which is unusual. But it was because it was in Buffalo, his his former team. Um, what were your what were your impressions of the of the Sabers game? Uh, yeah, I thought it was good on the boys there jumping out to the the three nothing lead. I thought at least. Uh, one of the goals is a little uh, a little suspect, a little bit of a softy, but uh, take those and you can get them. I mean, they've, they've played well and not been rewarded for it. So uh, I guess it's kind of the pendulum's uh, hopefully going to start swinging the other way. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's tough, <laughs> tough times in Buffalo. I know they got a, a diehard fan base, and I did hear, uh, I did hear the fan rant. And that's funny that the team was trying to suppress it. Why would you ever, like, you know you're just going to make it worse if you try and do that. But uh, I don't I think it's just it's probably I can't uh, – when you have expectations like that, and, again, they had the hot start uh, this year, and I know they were – the Ducks played them early, and everyone was kind of uh, buzzing on them, and they had um, – the new coach everyone was excited about and kind of a, a high-flying, high-octane offense. But, um, yeah, you can just see there's kind of probably going to be another uh, – got to retool some things there a little bit, I think, as, as far as personnel. and Maybe they're waiting on some uh, some more development. I don't think the skill level is definitely – uh, not the problem. And it sounds like um, from what I've heard of – the coach um, sounds like he's a great hockey mind as well, but I don't know. Things uh, it's a tough league, and things don't always go as planned, and and they it can get away from you in a hurry. And it seems like it's kind of going down that path a little bit for them. And when you start, I mean, hearing a fan rant like that, and and talking about when you start having fans kind of notice a lack of effort. Uh, that's when you kind of know things are bad. And I think lack of results is tough, but lack of effort, I mean, there's just no excuse for that as as, as an athlete and as professionals. And uh, it's kind of got to gotta make you cringe. And obviously, as, as the fans kind of watching that, if they can sense, I, I, you know, would, would have kind of, understand the frustration if you if you're that that emotionally invested in a team i mean as i was and my buddies were growing up with the with the senators and uh, they're in ottawa and i mean teams mean mean a lot you know so to have to have a lack of effort is just kind of the ultimate slap in the face i think as a fan and and uh, i mean hopefully uh they can get things turned around but yeah it's uh good on the ducks for jumping on them early and then hanging on and uh cool for uh for ryan miller always like we we say on here all the time always plays well whenever he's in there and i'm sure always uh always great to to get a win against the former organization uh especially all the the success and great times he had um, with the Sabres. So I'm sure that one was 
special for him, but great to see for the boys again. You could see at the end of the game how excited he was once, once I think he made a kick save in the final seconds. Uh, and after the, the buzzer went off, he was just, uh, the horn went off. He, he could kind of did the fist bump. You could tell how psyched he was to get that victory. So happy for, for Ryan Miller in that game. Um, and I guess final thoughts for the week. Uh, overall, the team played really well. Even if they didn't get wins at all the games, they got points, like we mentioned. Uh, the, the concerning thing that I've noticed is that penalty kill has started to go downhill. I think they took 16 penalties at least in the last four games. They allowed power play goals in all of them. I wonder if their success in scoring uh, shorthanded goals, I think they're second in the league now, has kind of – We've spoke about this in other situations, but it's kind of uh, incentivized them to take a little more risk when they're on the pow- uh, penalty kill. Um, is that something you've seen, or it just is just? Do you think it's a momentary dip in in their uh, just kind of some bad luck and anomaly, even? Yeah, I think there's, there's kind of ebbs and flows, uh, especially with the way video is uh, in the modern day. Uh, NHL, everything's dissected so quickly. So if, if someone finds a hole in your PK and, and kind of uh, exploit it, uh, you know that everyone else sees that. Everyone else is going to be trying to do the exact same thing, whether that means uh, it's kind of up the ice as far as um, as far as kind of getting into the zone easier, finding a little kind of uh, a setup or a break-in that's kind of other people have had success so now everyone's going to be doing that and then um, same thing you know it's a certain kind of sequence of passes or puck movement that's going to open up that uh, that point shot with some traffic that, that you've seen uh, other teams have success with and um, then yeah you can kind of start to see other teams like it's such a copycat league that uh so yeah, I think it's just weaknesses and and uh, and just kind of little uh, little hacks, I guess, for lack of a better word, on how to how to have success against a penalty kill. Other teams kind of latch onto that until you can kind of figure out a, a counter attack or a countermeasure to uh, get things back to where they were when you were being successful. I think it just, you're going to have stretches like that where you're giving up a few. And I haven't noticed, uh, you know, I would, any kind of high risk, uh, constantly kind of blowing the zone, sniffing for offense. But um, it's hard to see with the, the camera angles always. Live, live games is a little easier to get a feel for that. But I, I wouldn't be too concerned. I think that it's just kind of uh, you know, part of the ebbs and flows, like I say. Well, let's get on with the three stars. So in honor of the Oscars being held yesterday, we're going to talk about our three favorite sports movies. You want to lead us off? No, I want to hear your three first, and I'll go. <laughs> All right, no problem. Um, obviously, <laughs> the first one has to be Miracle. I mean, that was such a... Uh, came out when I was a senior in high school and my, my high school team was having a really good season and uh, it's just such an inspiring movie. I think the scene that sticks out for me in, in that one specifically, uh, I know all the hockey scenes are great. They were so well produced and, and realistic the way they, they, they shot those. It wasn't like, I, I don't know, 
uh, far be it for me to criticize an awesome movie like the Mighty Ducks, but it wasn't, it wasn't like the Mighty Ducks or Mighty Ducks 2 <laughs> where you can tell that these aren't really hockey players. I mean, these were skilled hockey players that they were shooting with. So it was a great overall just hockey movie in terms of realistic uh, hockey scenes. But I, my favorite scene was a flag football kind of Christmas dinner where they're all, they go to the coach's house, they have, they, they have some food, they play flag football. And in the background is that um, the, President Jimmy Carter's speech, uh, the crisis of confidence speech. I thought that was such an, I mean, I, I wasn't really a, a huge uh, presidential history buff back then, but when I watch that scene, I get chills. I just think it's such a, such a great combination of, uh, I guess, of a speech and, and of, a, of a, a, just kind of a guys having fun. So I thought that was, Miracle is still my favorite sports movie. Um, for the love of the game, the Kevin Costner, uh, one of the later baseball movies where he's the Detroit Tigers pitcher and he throws a perfect game in Yankee Stadium and it's kind of just going like flashbacks of his career. Uh, really loved that one. And then the comedy Basketball by uh, with Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park. That, sorry? What a pick. <laughs> that movie is so good. It's just, it's, it's so hilarious. It's one of those timeless movies where you look back, you watch, I just watched it a couple nights ago and I was like, man, they just nailed half of this stuff. Like they have the scene where the football players doing the river dance after they score a touchdown. Meanwhile, the opponents getting carted off on a stretcher like that, that pretty much nails the NFL right now to a T. Um, <laughs> I kind of feel like if you've ever seen the movie Idiocracy, it's like the it's like the sports version of Idiocracy. It's just so good, and it stands the test of time. So those are my three. Uh, how about yours? Oh, first of all, I would squeak Scolari in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the little bitch squeak Scolari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a classic. That's a great call. Um, my three, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go with any of any hockey, there's just so many good, like, major league is just Bob Euchre is just the best all the time. Like, so funny. So many classic, uh, classic lines. I love major league. Um, and then I, I always liked this movie, but I wonder if it's one of the ones where you'd go back and kind of watch now and it would be like, so trippy and like where were they going with this but uh field of dreams i always like field of dreams but i haven't watched it in a long time so i'd be curious to kind of go re-watch that just to kind of uh see if it was as uh i mean i know it's a classic but if it's just how it would kind of hold up um to the kind of modern day movie modern day movies i don't know i gotta give that one a rewatch. but always a classic i always loved that one and then uh i don't know a good third one yeah i can't i'm not gonna top basketball that's too good but uh <laughs> we'll go with uh i always loved rudy just a, a just three classics nothing nothing fancy but rudy was just solid just another classic Absolutely. And I think, I think Field of Dreams, I have a special place in my heart for that one as well. Uh, growing up back in Vermont, we had a, a big field up in the behind our house and my dad and I would play catch back there and we call it the Field of Dreams. So, uh, and we, we both love that movie. So I think it's definitely still stands the test of time. I, I think it's a good one. Definitely some good choices there uh, overall. Um, and I think that's going to do it. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I'll 
Yeah, that's good for me. No, nope, we're good. <laughs> we can find our, uh, and as always, you can find us on our social media accounts. You can find me at Delhi Tweets at Twitter on Twitter. That's D E L L I under dash T W E E T S on Twitter. And you can find Kent on Instagram at Husk H U S K under dash V E R N A. And you can also find him at, at Huskins coffee shop in Santa Ana. I always stop by there. I've definitely been using their, uh, their, their products to keep me awake over the last few weeks with, uh, uh, inconsistent sleep overnight. Uh, um, but yeah, it's been a good one. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.